Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 948 of Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined today by some very special guests. We got JD Rader, of course, is here by my side in Wisconsin, back from Turkey, Ben Askren. And joining us today, head coach of Stanford, Rob Cole. Coach Cole, thank you so much for coming on. Very early West Coast. Um, so really appreciate you taking time or some early time out of your day to join us. Well, it's not that early. Six thirty. I don't know how. I don't know what time you guys wake up, but that's, that's early. <laughs> I was, I was, I was up. Uh, well, John Kozak picked me up today for for work, and so I was up at like five thirty today. But um, I'm probably probably on an average basis, Coach Cole, you're probably up earlier than us. But a, a lot going on at Stanford right now. You're you're in the news. Your your school's in the news a lot for the the conference realignment. You guys are kind of caught in a unique situation kind of wanted to get your your thoughts on where you see Stanford at right now your thoughts on realignment and where maybe maybe even a prediction where you think Stanford is going to wind up well anywhere we go it'll probably be better for us because the Pac-12 is not really a powerhouse as far as you know you've got three 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 original members and then you're then you're kind of contrived with you know Little Rock and and uh Bakersfield and Cal Poly uh, so, I mean, I'm excited about it. I mean, it's, it's only going to help us with recruitment and, you know, the big, the big picture might not be better for the school, but, you know, I'm pretty selfish. I'm pretty selfish. I'm focused <laughs> on wrestling, you know, uh, you know, ACC, uh, looks like the, where we'll probably end up landing and that's, that's perfect for us. People talk about the travel. Heck, I mean, all we do, we, you know, you can hit NC state, Duke and UNC at the, at the same weekend or week. That's a simple flight. And then Pitt. UVA and uh, who am I missing? Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech. They're all within about you know three hours too. So that's it's actually really easy for us. I mean, God help uh, you know baseball and softball, but they said those are that, that's a different story. But for wrestling, it works really really well. Yeah, that's that would be exciting. And it, the most recent reports have been that the ACC is interested in getting Stanford Inc. and Cal Berkeley, which is is certainly exciting. Um, <laughs> What what are some of the positives of the um of this realignment? You mentioned recruiting. Do you think there? I, and I'm I may be speaking more broadly for Division One wrestling. You know, Arizona State goes to the Big Twelve. Do, are there positives? Are there more positives than negatives? Or is it a, a net negative? All the realignment in wrestling. Well, for us, it's all positive. You know, and then if you look at if the uh, if the Oregon State were to go into the, what is it Mountain West, mm-hmm. then, then you have Arizona. Then you have uh, Wyoming and Air Force, so they could start up a conference. And realistically, in Northern Colorado and Utah Valley State and you know Cal Baptist shouldn't be in the Big Ten. I mean, Big Twelve. They should be in their own conference. And then you could probably pull the the, the Dakotas over there, and and then you have a nice little nice little conference that everybody's competitive. You know, so I think that's a a t- complete win win for everybody. The only l- loss, and it's a big one, is a place like Oregon State. Stanford to a lesser degree is the number of the dollar revenue dollars you're you're receiving. I'm sure we're going to take a discount wherever we go. You know, they're not going to give us full share in in the ACC or the big 12. If you know, I I know the the big 12, there's a lot of posturing too. you know, these schools have absolutely no interest in Stanford. We're we're done. We're done. Well, what they're trying to do is run the numbers down. You know, realistically, Mm -hmm. they don't, they don't want to say, God, we really want these schools. And then we come back and say, well, it's going to cost you five million more. 
So I think you're going to see a lot of that over the next couple of days as uh, conferences uh, uh, kind of battle for jockey for position. And people would love, I mean, everybody wants Stanford. It's just no matter how much you want to spend for Stanford. So it's not, Big Ten would take you. Hey, if we came in there and said, hey, we're free, oh, we're in the Big Ten. Um, so it's not a matter of these schools not wanting these the big cow or, or Stanford, just a matter of valuing, evaluating how much they, uh, they're really worth to the, in, in dollars and revenue dollars as far as TV. You had mentioned um, how how a move to the ACC would potentially help recruiting. How much does conference come up in that recruiting conversation and kind of the rigor of your schedule and conference tournament? Almost never, really. I mean, it really isn't. I mean, big people like the Big Ten. Obviously, I would I would love to be in the Big Ten myself because their their TV their, their platform is better than ours. The Pac twelve Pac twelve network is terrible. So I'm happy happy to be leaving the Pac twelve network as well. Uh, unless we were go to the big sky, sky network and I wouldn't be so happy, but yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so if, if it does happen that we go to the ACC, they just, they do a really good job. They're, they're trying to compete with the big 10 and they just have a much better uh, network than, than what we're dealing with right now. You're, you're entering, um, what is this? Will this be your third season at Stanford, right? Um, competing. What are your, yeah. how would you, from the time you left, Cornell and came to Stanford. How would you measure the the progress you've made? How um, pleased, displeased, whatever? How how do you evaluate the job you've been able to do at Stanford? Well, I'm terminally impatient. You know, I I, I want to be there yesterday and be like, man, I can't believe you haven't turned that program around. And like, we have we had one recruiting class, you know, and we we had one class that was non-existent because they didn't have a, a recruiting class, and then. You know, and then you have everybody graduate out. So this is this year we'll actually have two full recruiting classes and a, a few remnants of of the past guys who stayed on for an extra year, um, and, and then then seniors. And then the next year's class is going to be absolutely sensational. It'll be the best class I think I've ever had as far as a coach in my twenty my 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 thirty four years of coaching. It's going to be a really really it's going to be large and it's going to be incredibly talented class. Then we can actually do some damage. This year we're going to be really good. Uh, we're much better. We're not going to have the holes we had last year. And then the following year, uh, I believe we'll be able to compete for a trophy. It makes it a little bit harder now. That it's only three, but I think that's that's the type of talent we're bringing in. And you know, I know what we did at Cornell. I know what kind of talent you needed to be competing for trophies, and we we won we won them consistently. So um, I'm excited about that. I wasn't excited about last year losing the teams that we shouldn't be. Well. Shouldn't say we shouldn't be losing. We should have been losing to them because we just didn't have the bodies. Looking at that recruiting class, and I absolutely wanted to ask you about that. You have seven guys ranked in our our top fifty. Um, how do you put a class like that together? What is how how are you able to get that kind of volume of talent, both into Stanford and also just like how do you make it work? You know, money wise for all these kids. Yeah, we got seven so far, and we're not done. So um, I'm, I. You know, you just get out there and Stanford for love of God. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> the best school in the world and it's, it's a big time athletic department. Uh, and we have a palm trees. I mean, who the hell doesn't want to go palm trees? Uh, you know, and as far as getting in, you have, you really have to get ahead of this, the curve on this. You have to be you not communicating with the kids when they're sophomores. You're not allowed to do that, but you need to make sure you're communicating with your high school coaches and the guidance counselors, making sure they're taking the right courses. It is significantly harder to get into Stanford than it was at, at Cornell and Cornell was pretty damn hard. So, you know, but you, and it's all about rigor. You have to make sure you have ideally at least six AP courses uh, before graduate get before you, you're seeing, you know, before you graduate. And that's, uh, that's a lot. I mean, if you start, you try to do that, you're starting your senior year, you're ain't going to happen. Although we did have two kids who, um, I think they ended up taking like five, five their senior year and eight and you have to get A's. Oh, <laughs> you can't just, you can't just take them. Take them's not good enough. You gotta you gotta do well with it. So uh uh but we've we've got that figured out now and we have a good system and I've got great assistant coaches. So that's really the key to my our success is is surrounding yourself with great people. And you know, I heard this, you know, oh you can't do it here, you can't do it there. And I and I it drives me crazy, you know, these people I, I remember when I was young at Cornell, I remember when we, we first started recruiting and I heard the same things at Cornell. Oh, you can't do it because it's too expensive. You can't do it uh, because it's too academically challenging. Uh, you don't have facilities, you know, and, and then 
10 years later, there's, I hear these same coaches saying, oh, well, yeah, of course yeah. they're winning because yeah. they get great financial aid. No, they got all that financial aid. You know, and they, and it's, it's great. Instead of saying it's academically so hard to get into it, they say, oh, it's, it's such a great school. Everybody wants to go there. And then, and then, and of course, we change the facilities uh, uh, scene. And so if you find wrestling people, they don't want to give credit to anybody uh, for doing anything because if, if you give credit to somebody, then that, that means I think they feel like, well, that means they're you're saying they're better than you. And or, you know, in wrestling, it's like, oh, I didn't, you know, the attitude of I didn't lose. I just ran out of time. Well, sometimes you freaking lose. You know, you just got beat. And uh, I don't pretend to be the best coach in the country, but I do know that I surround myself with the best uh, coaches and I, I know how to pick talent. And, and I work really, really hard. And if you put those three together, you're going to win. And, uh, and, and I learned from other people and I don't take, and I used to be arrogant, like really arrogant. And I probably still am. Some people would say, but the reality is I, I remember learning from my peers and not resenting them for their success. And it's, it's just, I, I don't know if it's, if it's probably like this in every sport, but in particular wrestling, because it's such an individual sport, the idea of giving people credit for doing a good job is just, and that's the antithesis of, of, of their personalities and maybe that's what makes them makes us successful wrestlers i'd like to think that uh, they're not mutually exclusive yeah well we're, we're uh we're happy to give you and what you've done plenty of credit coach it's, it's that was some good wisdom for a Wednesday morning christian piles <laughs> wise yes yeah, surround yourself with wise people that's probably a big part of coach cole's success oh look you- at that it's a cardinal look at that Oh, what do you know? I was actually looking at, as Coach Cole's talking, I was looking at the class of 24 big board. I want to see all the guys he got. Yeah, and I also, Cole. Yeah, well, I also board. noticed, well, between Cole, Coach Cole and Penn State, we got about half of them taken away. <laughs> but what I did notice is there's only a few in the top 50 that are even on the board still. He says he's going to get some more of them, so I want to know who he's going to get. You know, I can't say that. That's illegal. Oh, Come on. Why would you why'd you throw that out there? Yeah. Some initials or something. You're trying there. to you're trying to you're trying to bring me down, buddy. I mean, <laughs> That's trying to bring me call. down. Tell you this guy, oh, wait, are there still rules in the NCAA? Like the only, <laughs> I think the only rule that the NCAA has left is no gambling on your own school or something. That's yeah. the only one. Nothing even else. That, even that's a wink wink, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. You go into homes and the whole NIL world, you know, walk in and that's one of the first questions you get. I'm like, well, I'm not allowed to negotiate those types of things. And some coaches, there are, you know, you go to, uh, you know, schools like Missouri and and you're talking to Brian and, and they literally have, a, <laughs> they, they literally have a budget for it. it, it it's, a, it's, it's legal though. In the state of Missouri, they voted it in. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, they, it's part of my budget. I'm like, oh my God, it's just, it's just crazy. It's crazy. It's, it's so, de- it's not that I, I, I think it, it might great, good for them, but it's, it's just you know, if you go to a different state, they have different rules within the state. And so it's not the NCAA. It's 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 based on a, a state-by-state uh, decision-making. And then, of course, school-by-school. School. And and we're fortunate at Stanford. Look, I mean, we're, we're in a situation where people really want to go to Stanford. And they also value and uh, have to put a, a value and appreciation upon the education you're going to receive and what we can do for the kids upon graduation. And let me tell you what, it, it you know, good luck if you think you're you're going to be able to have a better network than what we have and what I've been able to develop over the last 34, 35 years between Cornell and Stanford. You know, for me, it's like, hey, where do you want to work? Uh, what industry? What company? What country? What state? And and I'll pull out of our Rolodex any number of names that will, who will help you set internships and then ultimately full-time employment. That's excellent. And, and Ben alluding to rules uh, made me want to ask you about or remind me to ask you kind of about your your thoughts on portal nil you guys obviously lost uh, uh one of the bigger pieces of the portal losing a national champion in shane griffith just your thoughts on the current state of sort of open transfers in in ncaa wrestling yeah and shane i was i was happy for shane he'd gotten an undergraduate degree and a graduate degree at stanford so the, the reality is we didn't have much more to offer if i if, if i had and the other part of it is, and I talk, I was brutally honest with Shane. It's like, I want to get freshmen in. Like if, if Shane wrestles for us next year, Hey, great. We take 13th, 14th, 15th, 12th in the country. That's, that's not my goal. I mean, my goal is to win trophies and not to be in the top 15. And, and, uh, the, the way of doing that is not doing it with guys, with 60 year guys, in my opinion, it's with, with the future. So I was happy for Shane and I was, you know, encouraged him actually to take that off and leave. We, we could have got in the bidding war with, with those guys if that was the goal, but it wasn't, it wasn't my goal. Um, 
because I, I thought, you know, hell, that, that they want to spend that kind of money. I'm not going to get into dollars and cents, but um, it kind of makes me nauseous to try to build a team that way. And if those coaches have to do it, God bless them. I mean, I don't, I, they're good guys, but I, I don't understand how you can bring in, you know, three or four or five guys for a year and then say, hey, good luck for the guys who've been there for four or five years. I mean, it it's just so weird. It's, it's, not how I'm going to build a team. Even if I could, I wouldn't do it for those that way. It's just, I just, I mean, I imagine my son, you know, that's what I, I always tell people, I go, and I talk to coaches about that as far as recruitment. I said, imagine everybody on your team is your son and you're going to bring in some derelict. And then when that derelict causes problems for your program and your, and your chill, would you do it? And I don't think most of them would. I hope most of them wouldn't, but yet they'll do it for other kids who aren't your son. So, you know, you have to step back and look at your, who you're recruiting in that, in the, I think in that frame of mind. I also think when you're, when you're looking at these kids, imagine every one of those kids is your son. And would you do that? If your kid gives you four or five years of life or three or five, you know, devote their life to you for three or four years. And, and then you say, well, I mean, this kid's a little bit better. I'm going to bring him in. Good luck, a tough luck. Um, you know, of course my wife says, I reminds me, I did recruit Yanni over my own son. So, <laughs> but it's, a, but it's a little different. You move up, you move down. It's one guy. And it's also uh, a guy who's got four years. He's part of the program as opposed to these mercenaries who come in and, you know, win a, maybe win, a, uh, get a, 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 a couple places higher at the national championship. It does it's just, feel really weird. Doesn't it? I, I mean, I'm, I am having the same thoughts you're having about just, uh, you know, essentially, it's a guy who's a mercenary who comes in for one year and wears the singlet of that color. And now all the fan base is supposed to get behind him when you probably have someone sitting on the bench who's put in years with your program. Like, is it really worth a few points at the NCAs? I mean, it's just it's such a weird thing that's happening. I do think it's going to affect the culture. I think it affects culture. Too. I've heard it. I've Asked heard it. I've heard it countless times from parents on the recruiting field around the grounds now. It's like when I hear these parents like, there's certain places they, uh, you know, they might go anyway because they like the school and they, you know, but or they, it's close. But I know it definitely doesn't have positively help help them as far as the, the impression that they leave upon the future recruits. Yeah. Then I think it'll slow down a little bit with this insipid uh, extra year the NCAA gave everybody whenever that finally ends. But you know, it's still going to be out. How many years do we have left? One, two. Ah, uh, it never ends. Got to be soon. I feel like not yeah, this Keegan, year, Keegan but next year is the last year. Yeah, these these uh the ne'er do wells like uh, Keegan O'Toole taking advantage of it, you know. <laughs> typical, uh, typical, t- typical, typical. Well, typical he's not even gonna be a six year guy though because it was actually his first year. So I guess it would be yeah. uh, other people would take more advantage of it who were there during that year. Yes, um, th- there will be for sure. Um, Coach, a couple other things. While we're kind of on the topic of of the portal and bringing in guys for a year, how able are you guys even to be active in the transfer portal with with Stanford's um, admission standards? One and two. Do you ever see yourselves getting in the getting any transfers going after that, or is it going to be all recruiting from high school? Well, we did get a, a grad student this year. Don LaJoy came in from Cornell. He got into the chemical engineering program. So I was happy to happy to have him on, on board. Um, so that was, you know, not as few and far between. You can get into Stanford's grad school if you're in Stanford a lot easier than if you're not. So that's a little bit different. So it, it you know, it, or it's, it's called co-term. And, but I, I think that's a little bit of a positive because people want what they can't have. And if I can tell them as a recruit, hey, if you get come here as an undergrad, the likelihood of you getting into the graduate program is significantly higher. It's a real positive. So I don't worry about that too much. But no, we're never going to have a, you know, a, a big transfer portal world for us. I mean, it's, it's not going to be part of our recruiting strategy. Uh, although Stanford has acknowledged that we have to become more, if we want to stay competitive, and this isn't just wrestling, this is across the board. If we want to stay competitive, we have to be able to get more kids in because you're going to lose some kids and, and football in particular. And they want to win in football and they used to win in football. And, and it's a, you know, it, it, it's bigger than just winning and losing. It, it, it actually, it, it's most visible uh, marketing tool of your school is the football program like it or not, as great a school as Stanford is, uh, you know, they don't have hundreds of millions of people or millions of people every weekend turn, tuning in to watch someone do a physics experiment. 
Yeah, very true. <laughs> you mentioned the importance of of uh, a quality staff, and that's something kind of one of the hallmarks of your career is not only have you had excellent teams, but you've had you have a pretty extensive coaching tree already. Um, Coach Hahn, Coach Nickerson, you've got Mike Gray's doing obviously a great job at Cornell. What are the keys to putting together a great staff, and why do, why do you feel you have that right now at, at Stanford currently? Well, I, I like to think that I help train the staff too. You know, you bring in people who are willing to learn and, and work hard and you, you, you train them how to do it. And, and I think that's a, one of the differences, but what we do in other places, um, Cornell, for, for instance, you, you had to be creative. You don't have scholarships. You'd have a difficult admissions program system. So you got to figure out how to, and, and, and you had to raise just ridiculous amounts of money to survive. Um, uh, if you want to let win and I, and I do, you know, and, and so Stanford is, is the same situation. We had to raise, we raised, I mean, it's all said and done between, uh, RTC and endowment. We're about $21 million in the last two years and no one else has come close to anything like that. And it, it doesn't just happen by a secret handshake. You know, it's, it's a lot of work and, and, and getting people to buy into the dreams and, and goals that you have and get, make those dreams and goals to become their dreams and goals and make those, those alumni and friends owners of your program. Um, that takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of time away from the room. You know, I, I used to spend 99% of my time in, in the room. I'd go in at five o'clock in the morning and be, at, be out of that room by seven o'clock at night, go home, make recruiting calls, come back and work out again with somebody. I mean, it was in, in over time, I realized that I a whole lot better using my hands, uh, pushing numbers on a phone and talking to people and, and, cultivating those relationships as opposed to, you know, not that we don't, I don't spend time in the room. Um, but if I can raise money to hire 10, 10 guys who are in that room, you know, that makes me a whole lot better coach. And I always tell the guys, it's like, look, it's, it's, it's my responsibility is not to make you win. My responsibility is to provide you the resources that you take advantage of to, to, to allow you to win. And, and then it's up to those guys. And hopefully I motivate them to, to utilize those resources. And, I don't think anybody does a better job of that. And I'll say that myself and I try to be humble, but it's, it's something I, I pride myself on and teach other people how to do it. And, and if you can raise the money, anything can be duplicated. A man much wiser than myself. I give Yanni's father the, the credit. Uh, there's plenty of people who are much wiser, but he was the one who always told me this. It's like, Hey, anything can be duplicated. And that was our goal. And as a Cornell, we're going to duplicate what Penn state's done. And at one point in time we had duplicated and we had a, a better RTC. Now that the money's going into NIL. So you you have to also know the landscape, figure it out, and adjust accordingly. Uh, for me, people told me, "Well, you can't get kids into Stanford." Well, that has not been a problem because you can't tell me I can't find in, in the hundred thousand wrestlers that are coming out every year, or fifty thousand, whatever it is. You can't tell me I can't find five, ten rock star academics, you know, kids. I I, I just find it impossible to believe. Just because it hasn't been done before uh, doesn't mean. Um, it can't be done. Cornell, they weren't, they weren't doing it before Jack Spates, uh, came in and lo and behold, look what happened. Um, and, and same thing's happening here at Stanford and it's not going to slow down, by the way. Next year's class is going to be just as good as this and the year after that'll be just as good as that. And, and, and we're going to be, uh, a top four, top five program, uh, in very short order. Well, it's it's hard to doubt what you, what you've been able to do and what you can do, especially with the class you have coming in twenty twenty four. Talk a little bit about your current staff. Um, what what makes this group special? Well, they all have a great work ethic, and that's really what the the key is. They're they're they like to learn. They they want to be head coaches. You know, they got a great deal of um, you know willingness to to uh, to work. I mean, that's the end of the day. And, 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 and some of them have a little bit of charisma. You know, I tell Enoch, uh, he has zero charisma, but he does well despite himself. I don't know if you watch his Enoch on his Instagram, the, the guy's all over the place, but he's sincerely one of the nicest people you ever want to meet. He'll do anything for you. He'll work, uh, all day long. And, um, people don't, people didn't really know who Enoch was, but who's Enoch? Well, I mean, if he's, he's an absolute workhorse the guys in, before me and leaves after me um, connects great, really well with the, with the kids. Then you've got Grant Leith, even though he's a, he's from Missouri. Uh, he, you know, obviously and I, I tell everybody with Grant, it's like I, the story is Grant went to Missouri. I recruited him. He went to Duke. He left Duke. He didn't come to Cornell, he went to Missouri. And then the third strike was he beat my son in a, in a dual meet. So with Grant, sadly, 
what we're doing for him is getting him really, I'm trying to get him to have as much success and happiness as possible before I fire his ass. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that would be one of the, that, be, that will be one of the, the highlights of my life. Um, mm-hmm. and it really kind of an F you buddy. Gotcha. Um, and then the last assistant coach I have is, is, uh, Ryan Deacon, who's fan, obviously been, was been very successful. I also recruited who also turned me down. So I'm going to give him a little more time before I fire his ass. Um, but he, he's, he, it, it's crazy. I get everybody, everybody, everybody coach, I, they turned me down. Uh, wow. you know, so, so he's, he's fantastic. Uh, unbelievable in the room as well, but, but also super, extremely intelligent. Uh, and create and, and Grant's got a, is is extremely. You've got Enoch, who's just a grinder, unbelievable hard worker. Grant is very artistic, very creative. Um, uh, Ryan's a little bit of both, and and then I have a fan, an amazing infrastructure of support with the in the RTC program. Uh, we have uh, uh, Ben Darmstead who wrestled for me oh, yeah. uh, at, at Cornell. I've got Andrew Dunn. I, I, I've got uh, Quentin Perez. I've got uh, Chris Caldwell. I, I almost probably about eight other people who are in there um, helping out in, in any number of different capacities. Who've built the youth club up to almost a hundred kids now. So that's an, that's kind of an economic engine. You know, we did the Jewel concert last year, which generated over a hundred thousand dollars. This year, we're bringing in Clay Walker. Um, you know, we have the golf tournament, which generates about a hundred thousand dollars. We've got the Spartan Run, which we expect to hopefully do about a hundred thousand this year. We, we you know, we're, we're building. It, so, for these are outside of the alumni, outside of our alumni, you know, how we're generating revenue. We've got the camp system, which went from almost zero to uh, we'll probably see I don't know five, six hundred kids. Into our system this year, and and uh, so and, and then we have obviously a lot of corporate support. You know, got uh, my, my I'll miss my friend uh, from Milwaukee Tools, Joe Galli, has been very supportive. Well, hell, we have ten Milwaukee Tools trucks. You know, and that means ten people working for me who have some type of sponsorship of, above and beyond. We've got uh, um, Complete Solar who does a significant amount of sponsorship for us. And that doesn't, that's not including the alumni donations. That doesn't mean, that's not even talking about the dollars that, you know, the, the, the uh, $20 million we've raised through the, the alumni and friends. And it's not just alumni, it's not just alumni, it's a lot of friends. We have two of our biggest gifts, one of $2 million and one was a $3 million, have no affiliation with, with Stanford. And and so that's just about getting out and getting, um, reaching out to people who might be, you know, friends of, friends of the program. So we we've we've built an infrastructure now and and people talk about well you, you've got a good start the first year two years was just really trying to to build up the support net mechanism and support network that we can do the things we want to do now is when we're actually going to start running and now is you're going to see some you know some some results and now I can go into homes and say well we're you know we, this is what we've done in a short period of time look we want to be hopefully you want to be a part of of the future which is going to be even brighter than what we have now. A um, few more things before I let you go. And again, really, really appreciate your time. Um, one, obviously you close relationships with, with Yanni and Vito over the years, just how much pride excitement did you have one to see Yanni achieve uh, what he kind of started with you, his fourth NCAA title. And then for Vito to kind of really, put it all together this year and then make, make the world team. I uh, just, just thoughts on those two guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, Yanni was special from the day one. You knew he was going to be really good. He, he trained in our, in our, with our RTC at, a, at an early age, well, not early age, but he was really good, really early. And so that wasn't a huge surprise. And Vito was as well. The problem with Vito was he was cutting too much weight. You know, when he was, it looked like last year, he looked, he almost tech falls glory in this, in the finals, the IWAs, and he loses to him in the semis. He just didn't have the same body. And so going up, uh, I mean, he never lost to Roman Bravo, but, but, but yet people were surprised when he beat Roman Bravo in the finals. Like, well, he's always beat him. I mean, it's not a huge surprise. He just couldn't function the big question is can he can he get down and get his weight right because nobody's going to be able to go with him if he can if he can get down the right get down the weight and be able to move um you know and yanni had you know made one mistake this you know you know he would be on the world team i think yeah of course he had to come back and beat him again but there's great competition in all those weight classes uh, i saw Vito last week i was back in, in ithaca and he was working with his his crazy father bogart <laughs> who the wild the wild russian uh 
but they got a great, great system in place. And it's, uh, you know, it's, so people say, oh, you know, you, you, you know, how do you feel about Cornell? I'm like, I recruited all those guys. You know, I, I feel <laughs> like I, I got a footprint in there and a, and a pretty heavy uh, signature with that wrestling, with a facility. Uh, so I'm, you know, I, I hope that'll always be a part of my life. Uh, it doesn't, and that once again, I, you know, I've talked to Coleman Scott in North Carolina, I try to help him helping those guys with some fundraising right now. Um, I, I obviously they're competition to some degree, but at the same time, um, you know, I, I like to think that, you know, you know, maybe a little different than some wrestling people. You, you can in fact have friends on other teams and, and it doesn't have to be always competition. Like, uh, I know some of the wrestling people that tend to, uh, to make it. But yeah, those guys are great. And, and of course, I just stay, I stay in touch with both their parents and they're, they're very good friends of mine. Excellent. Uh, final question. Just what are you most excited about for this, this coming season for Stanford? Just the youth, you know, we're going to have a real, uh, a very good team and it's going to be led by a lot of young kids and it'll be the, can you finally get to see the, the, a little bit of the fruits of our labor and we've got a great schedule. We finally are ticketed now as a ticketed sport. Uh, people say you're crazy. Why would you want to be ticketed? Well, it's, it's how I market. You know, I need to know who's coming to matches, and that way we can promote the the match and get these people back. And and uh, instead of make these people owners, and and that's what we did at, at Cornell when I first started. The first time we actually had season ticket sales, I remember I we sat for days and days and days and called people and who were, I knew, and I would get, hey, give me five names of people who might buy a ticket, and I would call those people, and then I'd say, hey, give me a ticket of pe- name of five people. And and and, that, and that's how we sold out all of our season tickets. We're going to do the same this year. Where our goal is significantly larger than than Cornell because we had we could sell three hundred, two hundred eighty five tickets, which doesn't sound like a lot until you try to sell them and you've never sold them before. So this year we're going to try to sell a thousand season tickets and 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 grow the sport. And my goal to come out when I came out here was to to make a difference in uh, in, in in the sport and. Um, Having the the crowds, you look at Penn State, obviously Iowa, and what Missouri is doing now, and North Carolina State, just to name a few. It's just really that's that's exciting, and people want to go. You know, walk down the street, and there's an empty bar. You know, people don't like to go; they want to go where there's people, and and crowds are the same way. People like to go where there's a crowd. It becomes a kind of a, a happening event. Uh, so we're gonna. That's where a lot of our energy is going to go this year is building that that uh, fan base, and then those people. I, I I believe will ultimately follow us to the, to the national championships. Awesome. Are you waving? Are you waving to me? So listen, we're in this. We're we're between studios right now, <laughs> and it's motion detected the light. So I was trying to make the light come back on. Uh, <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to like put your hands in here, like you know, because here maybe Ollie will walk in the the room so we can get, get the, the light lights. on. JD's going to get the lights. Um, but yeah, that so I was not waving at anyone in particular, just trying to get the lights back on. But but coach, hey, you know, I look I look a little bit like a good looking Kevin Dresser here with my head. I just oh, noticed yeah. <laughs> I just, I'm just looking at the reader. scalp. Like, what the hell is going on with my head? No, you're looking, yeah, there you go. Oh, now <laughs> dresser I'm, mode I'm activated. Dresser? You got it. You no, got I'm it. Kevin Dresser. Jeez. Good deal. And I, you I cannot believe off. what's happened here. You know, so I went to the barber and I said, make it look like it's receding, but he did it way too well. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good line. I may have to use that one day. Um, well, Coach, I think, I, I think that I think ben, the filter Ben bold as shit. Ben's just got it just curled. He's a, if he if he combed his hair, it'd be like it'd be <laughs> well, like. I think, uh, Rob, I don't know if you're noticing this. I think I think the filter you're using is getting you because when you tilt your head a certain way, it like takes off more of your hair. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. It's, a, it's a filter. Yeah. So it's you tilt filter. it down, you look you look good. You tilt it up, and it starts chopping chopping things off there. I'm gonna do this. There you go. <laughs> AI strikes again. There Wait, we go. There you that's go. Good. That's good. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. That's a it's a very re- respect uh, respectable amount of hair, coach. Well, I, we really I got one question okay, for hit you, him. Rob. Before before you go, the uh, just want to get your thoughts on the proposed California bill about. Uh, College revenue sharing with their with their athletes that just recently passed uh, in the first steps or, or whatever a couple months ago. I thought that that got actually shot down the last time Ooh, it passed, and then it got delayed in the Senate, I believe, until twenty twenty four. But I think it's still up. Well, it's not going to matter to us because we don't make any money, so our our team. So. 
I don't, I mean, it's, it does, it said, and on football included, uh, that's why we're not, people aren't beating our door down to, uh, to, to, to get us. I mean, we have value, but it would be a whole lot more if there were actually people in the, in the stadium, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think ultimately you're going to see the athletes happy made employees the way they're moving it. And uh, I mean, it's just the wild, wild west right now. I think California is the most, one of the more progressive, but at the same time, it's going to affect UCLA and USC a lot more than it's going to affect Stanford and uh, there's, or at least USC. You know, I, I, I laugh too. It's like, I hear these guys talk about, Oh, USC and UCLA are going to drop rest are going to add wrestling. It's like, the only people who have any interest whatsoever are the people talking about it adding wrestling, which is just like they're not adding wrestling. They didn't join the freaking Big Ten so they could spend money on wrestling. And, yeah. and wrestling people don't understand how little people care about wrestling other than people who are wrestlers. And uh, unfortunately, in most places, those are the people making the decisions at these schools and it, it ain't happening. Uh, I don't see it ever happening at any power five conference school to be, you know, in, in, unless someone who's a trustee and wants to write a massive check is, is going to do it. And that's the only way it's going to happen. So you can just stop wishful thinking right now. If you think that's going to ever happen. On that somber note. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sorry, <laughs> but it's the truth. You can't no, handle it. You can't handle it. I can handle it. I was given the truth. You just don't want to talk on about Monday. it. <laughs> yeah. Just ignore it. Just it's, it's over here. We don't have to look at it. I do. So, I do worry about um, this, this realign, how they, they be shuffling though. I mean, the, the obviously look Stanford, we're in a pretty good place. I'm not worried about Stanford wrestling, but I do, you know, I, I have a sensitivity to these other sports and I mean, you, you go from, uh, making 28 million or 25 million to five or 10 million. I mean, how are you going to do that at, at some of these schools? I don't want to name names, but my God, you know, to say Washington State, for instance, you know, how's the, are they going to have, they're going to have to reduce their offerings, in my opinion, if they, if they mm. want to survive. Because, you know, they, they still have these in grossly uh, inflated salaries for football coaches and, and, you know, but if they're, but if it's not grossly inflated, if they're bringing in 20, $30 million from the Pac 10 network, but now that's not, now they're bringing in 5 million from the Western regional or whatever it is. And you got a football coach alone making 5 million. I don't see yeah. how that's going to happen. Um, yeah. Well, uh, we're really appreciative of you coming on, getting your take. We're really excited to watch what you're doing and will do at Stanford. Um, give you the last word and, and and thanks for coming coach you're giving me the last word yeah that floor is yours or you, I'm you could speak I'm speechless I don't know I don't know what to say I I would hope that you know uh funky Ben would you know help me out a little bit more and yeah. push, push the cardinal a little bit more uh yeah, see what we help, can do. Me, help me get some of these Wisconsin kids that he's he's producing you know I did you know it's it, it would it would be uh it's, it, it hurts. It stings still then. It stings. It might not be smart enough up there. They're good at wrestling, but I don't know how smart. Oh, wow. What? We got all kinds of smart kids. Get out of here, JD. You're from <laughs> Iowa. I actually, I was, Rob, I'm going to help you with this one. I was, t- I'm going I'm to quiz you too, because you're, you were coaching Ivy League for a long time. So I was teaching Funky Fresh two weeks ago and, you know, I was, I was using some big words. Some of the kids didn't know what the words I was using. Like say like insipid or something, they'd be like, "I have no idea what that means. Can you tell me what that means?" <laughs> and uh, so then we said, "What's the smartest state?" And I said, "There's no way it's Iowa. That's way down." And Iowa is way down the list. Wisconsin's at eleven. Okay, Wisconsin, Texas is way low. Rob, what's number one? Number one smartest state in the union? Well, I'd, so say, I'd say Connecticut. Close, Damn. Massachusetts, because yeah. I. I, that was actually my guess because it had all those Harvard, MIT, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but we're talking, are we talking high school education? Are we talking high school? Uh, you SATs, know what? ACT, I didn't even look how they define Proficiencies it. because, or are you talking, yeah, I mean, Massachusetts, if you're just talking about. That was probably uh, a Harvard higher, study. Higher, higher education. <laughs> uh, but I struggle with that, Ben. I'm going to tell you right now, I thought you were talking high school and, and average core AC, SAT. It's, AC. It's, so it's the average IQ. I, I found the study. It's average IQ. New Hampshire is second. The average IQ in Massachusetts is 104.3. Second highest is uh, New Hampshire with 104.2. Virginia, number four, brother. Not surprised. <laughs> I, I think they. that's a very – this the sampling 
is a is a very limited. You know, you go by. I mean, I, I would. I, I'm going to fight that one. Uh, yeah, I, I, fight that one. I, I I have problems with that. Uh, I don't want to. I'm with it. Oh, this is ridiculous. All right, on, on Ben's propaganda, <laughs> Coach Cole. Thanks so much for coming. We'll we'll see you soon down the line. Appreciate you coming on. My pleasure. Take care. I'm hey. By the way, I'm missing a lift right now for you guys. Ah, uh, I'm very sorry. Very sorry, Coach. I got to get my gains on. Okay. All right. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Talk to you guys later. See you, Coach. Thank you. Bye. Rob Cole, the man. Appreciate him coming on. Ben, we haven't even got to talk about Cadet Worlds, your travels. You were JD Rowe in the dock. It was the fastest uh, trip to Turkey and back of all time. Which it's it's got to be up there. I wasn't there for very long. yeah, you know, uh, obviously Aiden didn't wrestle all that well. He was very disappointed in his performance. And, um, you know, it, it, it was frustrating because he, he kind of hammered the kid that won his weight class at the journeyman in April. And so, you know, uh, knowing he had the ability to do so and didn't do it was frustrating. And with the tournament like Worlds, um, you know, you only get to do it once a year. So ho- hopefully it's something, I think it is something he'll build on. I think it really highlighted one of his weaknesses. Um, and so, uh, yeah, hopefully that, that can move forward. Uh, as far as I, so, you know, a lot of these guys, I don't really watch any middle school wrestling, like close to zero. Um, so I hadn't really watched, uh, Marcus Blaze much. I hadn't really watched, I guess watched Ladarian Lockett a little bit. And, you know, I started really watching kids as he got like, later in high school. Uh, but I was really, really impressed. And then, uh, who's the one of five? Paul, Paul Kenny, Kenny. right? Yep, he was uh I didn't really know him at all. I don't think I'd ever seen him wrestle and he he was really tough. So um it was good. Um Team America did well. You know, there was there's obviously a couple places like if Aiden either uh gets drawn in a different part of the bracket or performs to his ability level. Um and then, you know, Davino had a, a tough loss. If you know, we get someone like that through, then I think I think we were, were winning um because I, we took second and weren't all that far away from first. Yeah, they were they were right there, and just having just minimal scores from really who we know to be good wrestlers can can be enough to to sink your your team title chances. But um, yeah, glad you're back safe and a strong performance from Team USA, and I'm sure better stronger performances from Aiden. But you, you said it highlighted one of his main weaknesses. Yeah. What would you say that is? Oh, uh, let's see. I, yeah, I don't think it'll affect his ability. I didn't want to give his it's he freaking stands around sometimes. So. Yeah. Here's the deal. If um, now I'm gonna give you guys everyone some wisdom Wednesday. Uh, okay, if you have a coin and it flips eighty twenty, right? So if, if Christian beats JD eighty percent of the time, JD's greatest chance of winning is when as few flips as possible happen, right? Because then he he could he's gonna win. You know, one out of five if it's twenty percent coin, it's right? So he mm-hmm. gets a little sloppy. The guy wins one exchange, and then. Once they come out of the exchange, he's got like 50 seconds left, you know, because these are four-minute matches too. Um, but if we flip the coin 10 times, it's almost an impossibility that JD is going to win, right? Because he would have to win six of the 10 flips to win, to win, right? And that's just not going to happen. So when you're better than someone, you, you need to go make things happen. And, and their their best chance of winning is when you, you don't put the pressure on them and, and make things happen. Got it. Um. Okay. One other. The, I I have a feeling this is going to take up the remainder of the show. Okay. One. Well, one thing I'll mention. So I'm going to Colorado Springs tomorrow. Uh, I'm okay. going to be doing the uh, the Helen uh, Zochi Moda Pettis wrestle off up there. But it's on the Air Force Academy. So I hit up Coach Sam Barber, and I may or may not. Nothing is confirmed at this point. May get a little bit of Wyatt Hendrickson glider content. Which gliders are like planes? That's a plane. Market. It. It's plane. It's plane. It fly. It's plane adjacent. It glides. Um, <laughs> Dude, and we'll take a glide. So we may be getting some White Hendrickson okay. content. Maybe we can get him to shout out the show or his that. favorite FRL cast member. Which uh, we'll, we'll, me. we'll see <laughs> who it is. We'll see. Um, but I wonder if he has any idea how much he's talked about on this show. I wonder if he's got to know. I mean, people got to tell him, right? You would think, but you yeah. know, I don't know. He's like, you know, when you're in the sky or just pinning people all the time, does he have time? 
Well, I think that they're going to make um uh what do we call him in Tulsa? The, the mayor of Tulsa. I think they're going to make a mayor of Tulsa shirt. So someone's going to be telling him at least. Yeah, we got to get a mayor of Tulsa shirt for Wyatt. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. He's he's been duly elected. Okay, so that's coming. But I wanted to get to there. There was a there was a quite a happening at Fargo this this year. <laughs> I was not there for it, but David Bray tells the story well. He says that he woke up to an Iowa crime scene in Fargo where he opens upon a table which has corn husks all over it and a couple of empty uh, uh, cans, we'll just say. And they start putting two and two together and they'd be like, I think someone in the middle of the night was eating some raw corn. I saw you tweet about this or something. And so J.D., (laughs) has to do a little bit of putting two and two together before he realizes he did in fact eat a raw oh, ear God. of corn at Fargo in the, for a midnight snack or perhaps later. And this, <laughs> this, this was, this was alarming. People are coming to my defense. And so and this is funny because we were collectively alarmed. Even Andy Hamilton, uh, Iowa in his blood, uh, David Bray, we were all a little, what does this mean that this man was, Driven to the point of just eating all. Well, in all fairness, most vegetables and fruits can be eaten raw. True. Have you ever eaten raw corn, Ben? Uh, I don't. Th- I don't think that I have. Don't think. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. There, there's so. a re- and there's a reason, right? There's a reason that because it's not good. But so or so I thought. So I thought, and then I said, you know what? Let me let me be let me be open minded here. And I asked. I said, Iowans only. Have you ever eaten a raw ear of corn in a pinch? And I said, personal testimonials only. Sweet corn, not field corn. It was sweet corn. And so a lot of people, turns out, and I'll just read some of these submissions. Lance Lalonde says, yes, field corn in July is sweet and tasty. Field corn. Now, that's different from sweet corn, right? Even though they're both in fields, and I believe that's a Greg Warren bit. But field corn is just like feed for, for yeah, livestock. Yeah, I am not I'm not livestock. He is not livestock. Um okay, so and this guy says, I'll be honest, I did it on my aunt's farm simply to say that I did it. So I can see that in a dare situation. But what I find interesting is the stand-up comedy uh scene is split on this topic. Brooks Whelan, our buddy. What says, do you mean stand stand-up community? Brooks Whelan is a stand-up comedian. Oh, okay. He's a very funny person. Uh, he said, that's Western Iowa stuff. JD needs to go to the dentist. That's actually true. It has been <laughs> a long time. When's the last time? <laughs> well, since moving to Austin, I've, I've been one time, and that's because I needed a new tooth. Been there. Before that, I honestly have no idea. This is some very Western Iowa uh, reporting. Ben, when's the last time you went to the dentist? I went, uh, maybe, I've been... April, March, April. something like that. So I, I don't know if I've told my dentist story, but you don't I go to the dentist. I didn't go from high school until last March. <laughs> what? That's and, like twenty years, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. You got me, absolutely. <laughs> so, so it's. Are been, you being serious? I did. De- 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 no, de- listen. You have. You're not like a single bachelor. You have a reasonable wife, and she wasn't like Christian. What are you doing? Oh, they my, do give us dental insurance here. Yeah, so, so and you have dental insurance and you still didn't go. The best, the best insurance. <laughs> You're unreasonable. Well, listen, listen, <laughs> here's, just listen up. So my mom, all the women in my life, Katie, they're like, you need to go, you need to go, and they're only saying it because I've never gone. That my teeth are are, in my opinion, immaculate. I am a very consistent brusher. I'm a very aggressive brusher. I use a lot very of aggressive force, brusher. a lot okay. of movement. And so they they were just certain that, that my mouth was just this ticking time bomb of cavities and issues. And so I go there and these 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 hygienists, they could not believe it. They're like, this is great. And I was like gloating, laughing the entire time. They're like, you don't have any cavities. You're doing a really good job. Do this, this and this. And I start like laughing. They're like, don't laugh. You should not have done this. You should not have not gone this long. But the fact is, I didn't need their care. I don't need their dental Help. Wow. I'm all the help I need in the dental category. So interesting. What's to be said? What can you say? I have the trump you had card. Zero card. issues after 20 years. No issues. Come on, Nothing. you're lying. I swear. 
I swear. I believe it. No problems. Wow, that's good. Yeah, so um, you know what? I think dentists are highly overrated. Brush your teeth, floss occasionally. Uh, they said I could floss more, but I think they say that to everyone. Who's gone to the dentist and they said you should floss less? It's never happened. That's never happened. Ever. Never happened. I was like, you should floss more. I actually appreciate dentists, or else I'll be walking around uh, with less teeth in my mouth. Yeah, and that's and that's true. That's when if I were in a situation like that where I was down <laughs> to teeth, I, I'd be there. I'm not anti dentist. But, but you got to listen. I mean, you grew up in the Shenandoah Valley, so you got to see plenty of people that got like four teeth. Yeah, I mean, there are some people that have less teeth than others. Still more teeth per capita than probably where Rocky grew up. And it's not a dentist, but I'm I'm telling you, it's not because they don't go to the dentist. It's because they don't take care of their, they don't brush their teeth. They eat bad. They they probably do math. They they probably do math. <laughs> um, and you know, you you drink a can of coke before you go to bed and let that sit. And you don't brush. Yeah, you're they're probably gonna rot out real quick. Oh, gross. Uh, anyway. Um, so a lot of people are, and they're a little argument broke out. Let me see. Well, actual cannibal weighed in and, and to which I say, well, are we to take the, the word of a, of an actual cannibal? He said, we eat raw corn plenty in Texas too. I'm not sure if it's an Iowa thing so much as a country folk thing. So the cannibals, he's, he's all in on it. Like CP, you're coming, um, after me for eating some raw corn. Not coming after you. I'm not because I from. A, I actually from, don't know what raw corn tastes like. When you guys said that, I tried to think about it, and I'm like, I, I can't think of eating raw corn, so I have no idea. I can't even tell you it tastes like crap because I don't know. I think a lot of it's just the texture is really tough too. I don't think it gets like less. It's not more it like really hard or something. Yeah, hard, tough, chewy. I well, don't know. certain things t- change in flavor when you uh, when you cook them. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Not so much corn. I mean, corn doesn't have a whole lot of flavor if you don't add yeah. in butter and salt and oh. whatever. Yeah, that's true. I had corn on the cob last last night. Man, there was a raw. There was a raw ear just sitting there. I should have. You should have had some bite. Sunk my tooth you in. Really missed out. Um, but I have a question for you. What do you have to say for your hometown organization, the Baltimore Orioles? For firing that broadcaster. Well, I, it's it's egregious. And why did they fire him? I don't bro, know. Bro, listen, he he did he read the most innocuous little thing about um all he was saying was that when they played in Tampa Bay, they had Sion like Sion says raw sweet corn is okay. He's okay. in the chat. Well, there you go. What time what Sion's in Hawaii right now? It's gotta be like 3 a.m. or something. You might be enjoying some sweet corn. I think he's still up. He's eating sweet corn. The luau or something. Oh, I know. This man, never mind. I'm not even going to say it. I'll say it. Don't do it. Um, But no, it's it's, so all he's doing is like reading some stats. He's like, hey, basically, the long short is Baltimore gets rocked in Tampa Bay. And it's the the, the graphic said like tropical depression because the, the, Ballpark is called the Trop. And he said, Hey, we haven't won a series here in umpteen years. And, but they're doing really good now. And they have the opportunity to win the series, the season series this year. And for that, they, they didn't fire him. I think they like suspended him for a couple of weeks just for like literally reading, like, Hey, we used to be bad here. And the management got all like offended because they're just like snobby rich people. And they're like, What? Yeah. It's like because. The implication there, I mean, the Orioles are a cheap organization. They don't spend, and they haven't, hadn't spent the previous few years. So they're basically highlighting. It is sort of, if you are if you have an uh, ego problem, you would attribute that to, like, that's a, a shot at you. Uh, they probably were, like, have another reason to fire him, and they just use this one. I'll send it to you, Ben. You, you will, you will, if I hadn't told you what I just told you, you would probably watch it three or four yeah, times. Yeah, so, Maybe like, he probably, understand. like. Slept with the owner's wife or something. They need that. I gotta find some excuse to fire him. This is it. I'm I'm thinking that's probably not what happened. What do you mean? You think that they're firing him over this for real? Yes. This is I mean, you still believe in the tooth fairy. <laughs> no, I don't even go to the dentist. Why would I believe in the tooth fairy? <laughs> I don't it seems like it seems like there's probably something behind the scenes, and then they said this is the excuse. It's as simple as that. It really is. But how do you know? They already brought him back. 
which now I respect them even less because my thing is they were just shamed. If you're going to be an a hole, be an a hole. Now you're because yeah. you got publicly shamed. So now you brought him back. So now you're an a hole and, and a coward. But they did listen to the mob, which they shouldn't have done in the first place. But if you're going to do it, stick to your guns. Well, yes. no, don't double down. No, I want this man and his family to starve. All no, the- if they're going to, yeah, I agree with, I agree totally with JD. Don't be a coward and a butthole. You're, you know, pick one or the other. Yes. Yeah, but, well. It's it's, all, it's almost so egregious that I respect it. Like, you're either with us or against us. <laughs> yes, I agree. But it wasn't even, like, against. It was just like, hey, we're doing great this year. It wasn't always good. Yeah. Um, hey, Christian, I just looked through the doc, and I, uh, you know, usually you have a bunch of questions here. And I just kept scrolling. You have five pages of corn comments. Corn tent. That's all. Is we're, we're in the corn tent. <laughs> what is even happening? Yeah, we're 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 in the corn business today. So here, one one last little, uh, you know, back and forth. So one guy says Lance. He goes, "Yeah, field corn is sweet and tasty." Calvin says, "Field corn is in no way sweet." And then we got a little back and forth here because he goes, "Baby, field corn is sweet." I grew up on a corn farm. My siblings and I would grab it off the stock mid-July and eat it raw. Calvin, it really isn't. I farm for years. If if it was, the raccoons would attack it like the sweet corn, yet they don't. So we are we're getting involving raccoons in determining the sweetness of corn. Is this is corn corn radio live. Yeah. I think we should have an ear of corn raw and, and try hey, it. Uh did Flo get hacked? Because I'm on Twitter quick, and I see massive lineup changes for the Buckeyes, and I click on it, and it takes me to utm.io. I have no Let's idea. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Were it's not good. Me? Are you guys hacking me? No, maybe. Um, yeah, that's not good. Oh. All right. Hey, um, the other thing I wanted to bring up when Rob was talking about his recruiting rankings, I went to Flo's recruiting rankings to check them out. Did you realize that uh, the last six years are just like the same order? It goes, number one, Penn State, Ohio State, Oklahoma State, and then Penn State, Ohio State, and Oklahoma State. Six years in a row. What's the, what's the likelihood of that? Six years in a row, it's the same three teams? Uh, no, it goes it goes one, two, three, one, two, three, like for six years. What you see what I'm saying? Those three are all in the top three? No, 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 I'm saying... Penn State's oh, number yes. one, okay, then Ohio right. State's number one, then Oklahoma State's number one, then Penn State's number one, then Ohio State, then Oklahoma State. Oh, I didn't realize that. no, yeah. I didn't realize that. That's interesting. Yeah. Weird. It's not surprising, though. I mean, I guess that the fact that it happened just like that is a little surprising, but success breeds success. I mean, it would make sense that, obviously, if you have a huge recruiting class, you're probably not going to have the money for the, next, the year. next year, but, you know, by the time that you get to – that would be year four. You're going to have some of the kids quit or graduate or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, ben, do you have anything else before before we depart? On this um, no, it feels like we haven't talked that much lately. I know you, you teased us oh. with uh, tears, and we didn't actually get to that, so that, that'll be fun when we start that. Uh, but I b- believe, will will the junior world start before we talk next Monday or no? Um, what is the first Maybe day? Thank you. Because uh, what day is today? Today is the ninth, fourteenth. No, nah, maybe not. Maybe by the time I think they're either the fourteenth or the fifteenth is when they start. Cool. You talked to Mitchell. How's he feeling? Uh, he yeah, he's gone. He's at Penn State right now. So we uh, texted him yesterday. I missed him because I came back and then he was already gone to Penn State again. Gotcha. So he's excited to wrestle. I bet. Looks mm-hmm. like fifteenth. Yeah. Well, we're excited for that, excited to watch, see what he can get going, and the rest of the U-20 world teamers. Um, ben will be back on Monday. Oh, yeah. And Wednesday next week, right? Uh, Thursday, I believe. Next week, Monday, Thursday? Monday, Thursday, I believe. I, I, I think we're normal schedule next week. Normal schedule, not that that exists. We might be in a kind of studio, but we you might lie. just be right here. Lie. I, I don't think so. You won't be here. Yeah, I won't be, I won't be where, here. Where are you going? I'll be in Colorado still. Still? I could be airborne. Okay. You never know. All right. All right. All right. All right. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, JD. Special thanks to Coach Cole for hopping on. That was enjoyable. Always good catching up with him. And we will see you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend. Plenty of content coming out. See you next time, guys. Goodbye.